welcome to SME Radio. This is the Attaché Mid-Market Matters Show with your host, Craig West. While mid-market businesses are small in number, they punch way above their weight in employees, productivity and growth. Craig finds out what makes them tick and their secrets to building successful businesses. Hello and welcome to the very first Attaché Mid-Market Matters Show. And we're going to talk on this show a lot about what's called the mid-market. And we're going to find out what the mid-market means, what it's about, what's important, and why is it even of interest to us when we're talking about SMEs, we generally talk about small business. What most people miss is that the M actually stands for small and medium. And so we're going to talk a lot today about mid-market and the whole show is going to be about mid-market and why it's such an important area for the Australian economy and business in general. There's no one better place to do that than our guest today on the very first show, Mike Rich, who is the CEO and co-founder of Attaché Software, which we're going to talk a little bit about later, and also the M Institute. So firstly, hi Mike and thanks for joining us on the first show. Thank you for having me. So I thought I'd start with a little bit of background on Mike Rich. Who is Mike Rich and what's the background and how did you get into a software company? Uh, good question. Um, I'm originally from New Zealand. That was many, many years ago. Come from a farming area and at a young age putting myself through university. I worked in a number of places like freezing works, cheese factories. And at a very young age uh, during my commerce degree, I saw businesses that were successful, businesses that were bad, and I learned some lessons when uh, um, I was very, very young, which still stand with me today. Okay, and as a result of that, you now run a quite substantial software business. It's a big stretch from working in a bar and growing up on a farm and in the country to a large software business. How does that work? Well, the, the interesting thing about those cases I just mentioned, the freezing works closed down, the pub closed down, and the... Uh, cheese factory became Fonterra, which is probably right. the world's Massive largest yeah. uh, cheese factory. So, so then I went into mobile oil and places like that. Well, what it does for me now is my feet are firmly grounded in the medium space. Um, so I don't just talk about it. Uh, we are one. And as part of this growth, we're now, uh, I'm delighted to say, um, the biggest supplier of software into the medium space, plus uh, one of Australia's largest private companies. Okay, so you mentioned a couple of times there the medium space. What is the, we're talking about mid-market, the medium space. What is the medium space? What do you call that? Again, that's a very good question because you mentioned SME. Well, the original words were not medium. The original words were small and micro. So today there is a disconnect. Um, to actually include medium businesses with small businesses is not right. A medium business is more like a large business in all respects, except they lack their resources. Right. So what's the defin- is there a definition of, of size or turnover or number of people, or is it more well, general than that? It's caused some debates, but th- there's only one simple one, and that's one used in Europe, which is 2 million to 100 million is regarded as medium. And here in Australia, what we do is say uh, up uh, 20 staff or over is medium. But in fact, you might have only a dozen people and you're an electrical wholesaler, but your turnover could be five or 10 million. Mm. So to compare you with a small or micro business where nearly 70% employ no one and have revenue under 200,000, it's a disconnect. Yeah, so I'm looking at some numbers here from the uh, Australian Bureau of Statistics. And they're talking about quite small numbers in terms of the number of businesses. 
you know, one one record says fifty eight thousand, another one says eighty seven. So somewhere, you know, we're not talking millions of businesses. We're talking quite a small number, less than hundred thousand for sure. Yeah, in in terms of percentage of businesses, uh, approximately you know, over ninety percent are in that small category. Now, with um, the medium space, the medium space is less than eight percent. But forgetting that, parking that to one side. The medium, the medium area employs about 30% of the workforce and, employ, and, and earns about 30% of its revenue. So it punches well above its weight. Right. So the real statistics are about a third of the economies out of the, what is a real small business, a third out of a medium and about a third out of large. Okay, so as you said, punching well above its weight. Why do you think that's the case? Why would medium-sized businesses be able to punch well above their weight? What is it that well, gives them that ability? They've gone beyond lifestyle. They realise they've got a serious business at stake and away they go. There's, there's also some other issues, such as when you're in a very small business, it's not worth much. Um, there's not the chance really to increase the value. Uh, the larger you get, the more your business is worth. Uh, the more you can delegate so that you're not giving yourself a heart attack by doing everything except the dishes. So it, it, there is a lifestyle that definitely also favours uh, growing um, in, in the medium space. So why then, given that, as you've said, a third, you know, third business is generated through the mid-market, we're employing lots and lots of people, why do we never hear about it? Why does government never talk about the mid-market or the medium space, to use your words? Well, there's one comment that's derogatory to government and there's one comment that's, that's not. The derogatory one is um, there's lots of votes in looking after small business. It is 90% of all businesses. So looking after one-man bands or one-woman bands, uh, you know, is, is, does that have that appeal? But to their defence, uh, medium businesses are pretty complicated. They, they do right. a lot of things. A lot of different fields, whereas small businesses tend to be singly focused and large businesses uh, have got the resources to look after themselves. So it's not easy to actually come up with policies for medium businesses. Um, so that's, that's, but sometimes I think medium businesses are really forgotten in terms of uh, tax breaks, uh, red tape, etc., etc. Yeah, because most of what we hear and see is small business related you know there's the employee share plan startup rules the innovation capital rules they've all got caps on them around turnover or number of people or even the number of years you've been in business so not geared at medium-sized business at all yeah and and medium businesses get really insulted by the pressure and attention given to startups uh, you know a startup is a lottery ticket uh, yep. and also they take maybe eight to ten years to mature yep so you know it's with the person who's out there earning a hard living with a medium-sized business, employing a lot of people, to keep referring to the startup uh, is a bit of an insult. Yeah, absolutely. They are important, I stress, and we fund several startups. Yeah, I know. But they do. have yeah, yeah. over-exaggerated attention, and some people go so far as to say that maybe Trump got onto that bandwagon, maybe Malcolm Turnbull, maybe didn't, you know, got a little bit too much about the the startups in the yep. last election. So. Yep. So what do you think that government and, you know, I hear you, they're not doing a lot for medium-sized business. You've got one where we're sitting inside one at the moment in Vivo Cafe, which I'd say is a medium-sized business as well. Government's not doing a lot. What should they be thinking about or doing for those kind of businesses? Well, a lot of the, the breaks on depreciation and things like that are, are obvious choices. Um, but I would suggest uh, they shut up and listen. 
Um, when I do hear <laughs> politicians... What an innovative concept for a government, to shut up yeah, and listen. Yeah, when, I, when, I, when you do hear politicians, be at whatever level, uh, sorry to Angela if you're listening, um, most of them rattle off like a machine gun. At, uh, you know, they, they, don't you worry about a thing, I've got everything under control type attitude. Yep. If they actually listened a little bit more and these, and these discussions occurred off camera rather than on, I think we'd make a lot more progress. Okay, so they need to listen more. Who should they be listening to? Is there a voice for the mid-market? Is there a voice for medium space? Well, we, Other than yourself, obviously. Well, it's one of the reasons we set up the not-for-profit M Institute right. uh, here in Australia and New Zealand. It's an offshoot of the UK uh, operation. Um, but having said that, and you know, our focus is endeavour to, to create a research and a resource hub for medium-sized businesses. Um, but having said that, we're not a charity, and I, I think governments expect that you'll hop on your bike and go down to Canberra and spend heaps of time sitting down with them. The small business is running a business. They've got to get real. You, you've got a business to run. You're not a large business where you can have someone seconded to these sorts of things. Um, so there needs to be a bit more of a balance. Right. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about the mid-market and those businesses that sit in that category that you've described. What are their issues? What do you think, you own one yourself, you, you, you deal with lots of them, lots of them are your clients. What do you think their issues are? What do you think their problems are? Well, we've, we've done research on that and there's quite a bit from around the world and everyone's pretty much the same. The, the biggest one is time to think. You're so right. busy running your, your business, you, you don't have time to think. And people shout at you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And one of the worst shouters is the uh, IT industry and being in it, I... I um, that may sound strange, but they're always saying you've got to do this, you've got to have this app. And, you know, when you've got people to pay and deliveries to make and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, unless you can find time to think about things, you're going to go nowhere. And unless you can encourage your staff to help you uh, innovate and be more creative, which um, is not that hard to do, um, you, you, will go, you will go nowhere. It's interesting because I, I read something just recently about Google and they actually mandate innovation and time to think amongst their employees so their employees in their employment agreement have a fixed amount of time I think it was 25% where they have to actually stop and innovate and things like Google Maps actually came out of that program and that's what you're saying isn't it absolutely stop being caught up so much in the day-to-day running the business yep really hard to do though if you're in a small if you're in a cafe and people are screaming for service and you've got a software business and someone needs an update because it's not working and well let let me give you an example that um, is pretty straightforward and that's just have people to write down each day an experience that really gave them the heebie-jeebies, really annoyed them, okay. uh, and an experience that was really, really good. And just put the one that was really annoying on a red bit of sticky pad, shove it on a wall where staff can see it. Put the one they really liked on a green pad, shove it on the wall where staff can see it. And once a week, get the key staff to look at these things. The red ones, how do we get, deliver- how do we get rid of them? The green ones, how do we improve on that? Dead simple, don't need a consultant, and you've probably seen improvement in days. <laughs> That's a really good, simple tip that doesn't cost a lot of money. Sounds like it's really quick and easy to do. And staff Where's feel the like, catch? Yeah, well, the staff feel they're involved. The hardest thing, Absolutely. you've got to change because, let, let's be honest, a lot of these firms... You know, you might have Hitler as a boss. Um, you know, I don't mean that quite as that, that sounds, but you, you, staff need to come out of their shell. So you probably need to have a facilitator, and that facilitator might be your office manager, and all he or she does is really just ensure Johnny doesn't dominate 
the boss doesn't dominate, that people do have a chance to talk. And within a very short time, you'd be amazed at the ideas that get unearthed. Okay, well, that's a fantastic tip. We're going to come back after the break and talk a little bit more about Attaché and the Institute. You're with the Attaché Mid-Market Matters Show. Thanks for listening to the Attaché Mid-Market Matters Show. Here's a word from our sponsor, Attaché Software. Attaché have a guide that contains 350 business improvement tactics, and it's designed specifically for business owners, managers, and their advisors. To get your copy of the guide, simply contact Attaché Software and mention this podcast. The Attaché Software Mid-Market Matters Show. Welcome back to the Attaché Mid-Market Matters Show, and we're here today joined by the MD and founder of Attaché and the M Institute, Mike Rich. Mike, we talked before about um, a whole stack of things to do with the mid-market, some of the issues they deal with. You gave us a great tip about how we might resolve some of those issues. I want to talk more specifically now about what happens with those businesses as they grow. They're typically more mature. As you said, it might take eight to ten years to get out of small and reach the mid-market size. As they grow, they come across different problems. The problems are different. The issues are different. The people are different. They're dealing with different suppliers and clients. How does that impact upon a CEO who possibly started the business 10 years ago with a good idea, but may not necessarily be particularly well-trained as a business person? Might be a great air conditioning mechanic or a great barista or a great IT programmer, not necessarily a great businessman. So how does that transition occur? Well, it's it's an excellent point, and academics uh, point to entrepreneurial training, etc., 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 but as that old expression goes, if, you, if you're trying to drain the swamp, it's pretty hard to focus when you've got half a dozen crocodiles biting at your legs. So, so <laughs> the immediate issues people face is what they need to address. And one of the ways we, we did that was literally start to document all the tactics we could possibly think of to improve a business. Right. So a business owner could sit there with a glass of wine in hand without any consultant shouting or yelling at them and, and just quietly wander through and maybe 20, 30 minutes find several things they, they were thinking about and there's ideas on what to do about them. Okay, and so you, that's part of what you do as a Tashay. It's not just about providing accounting software. Obviously, that's part of it, but that's not the whole game. No, it's, it's not, but it, it, you know, to have an IT person... Uh, selling to a business owner. There is a disconnect there in terms of what is relevant, what's important to that business owner at that point in time. And it is better that's unearthed and that's the focus. Uh, Otherwise, the industry is just shouting, you know, you you need this five-wheeled car. Unless you have the five-wheeled car, you're going to go nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? We often do get solutions that don't fit the problem. So I want to talk a little bit about attaché. Um, obviously, most people will have heard of it. It's an accounting package, but does a lot more than just accounting. It's a management tool as well. How does that fit in with, we've got all sorts of different accounting packages from, I guess, what are small business ones like Myob or Zero that you hear about. We hear about the big bucks ones at the other end of town where half a million dollars will do it. Um, tell me a bit about Attaché and how does it fit and how does it fit in the mid-market specifically? Yeah, the market's pretty clearly divided like uh, clothing into small, medium and large. <laughs> and small, um, actually in terms of businesses, accounts for over 90% of businesses. So, and they are products like you hear, like Zero and what have you. 
Um, so that's the market space they're in. Now, understand that, that that typically is up to around 2 million in turnover. But, but understand of that group, that 90% of businesses, nearly 70% employ no one. Nearly 70% right. have revenue of 200,000. Yeah, so, yeah. so the next group, the medium group where we focus, have revenue in excess of 2 million and up to 100 million, give or take. Um, and in that space, um, we have dominated since 1981. Right, okay. So that you're dealing with businesses that have either grown or acquired or whatever they've done to get to that $2 million. Yep. And obviously they've got more complicated affairs. Correct. Quite simply. If you've got no employees, you don't have to worry about any of that. Just having one employee makes your life more complicated. Having 20 or whatever you've got here, Angela, I don't know how many you might have here. As I look around, there's people going everywhere. So that becomes far more complicated. What else becomes more complicated as you grow that your software can, can sort of help with or assist with? Well, the biggest dilemma we have at the moment is... Um, that group you're talking about, we estimate, give or take, there's maybe 100,000 in that group. Right. And that's across Australia and New Zealand and the South Pacific, which is where we, we focus. Um, but a very, very high percentage of them have very old systems. Right. These systems were uh, put in at Y2K, GST time in Australia. and th- Which is nearly 20 years ago now. Correct. Not quite, but it's close. Correct. And... You know, they, they, their requirements, they're typically a multi-user environment. Um, they've got a lot of spreadsheets attached to it and other custom systems. So the concept of going out and buying something that's quite small like zero or whatever, uh, the bulk of these people are actually in a space above that. Right. So zero is not going to do everything they need to do because they're too big. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it's a little bit like... Um, car you know and a truck that yep. th- these businesses need a truck not a right. car and it doesn't yeah. y- you can say the car's beautiful and everything else but they need a truck and if you've got to have a truck to move 55 cartons a car's not going to help you unless you want to do six trips correct yeah okay that's a good analogy it's a good way to describe it um let's talk just briefly then about attache and what it actually does because it's obviously not just accounting and bank recs and so on which is very important but not not really the guts of running the business what else does attache do for a business owner well, the, the, the chief thing is um, technology change. Since 1981, you know, when the first PCs come out, there's been something like 10 major technology changes. Right. Now, what we specialise in doing is taking our customers through the technology change seamlessly so they don't, can focus on their business. And people today say, look, you know, we've got this and that are out there today and that's going to be with us a while. Uh, sorry, I've, you know, we've been around a while. Every About every three, four, five years, there's a major disruption, if we can mm. use that hackneyed word. So a key part of what we do is actually enable the business owner to concentrate on the business while we continually update, add things, both technology and feature-wise, to our software. Now, interestingly enough, um, we were actually one of the first in the world to get in the cloud make systems. Right. Um, we, we started to produce cloud systems about 10 to 15 years ago, uh, or 10 to 15 years in front of most others around the world. And we don't go shouting out about it. You can have cloud or non, non-cloud with our product, but it's just a method of delivery. At the end of the day, the business owner needs to think, how do I replace the old system I've got now because I need to? And how does it help me run my business better? And is uh, uh, cash flow positive in a big way? Okay. So let's change tack a little bit and talk about the M Institute. 
and the resource pool that that's building up and how that's working for people. It's modelled on a UK model, correct. is that correct? Correct. But it's Australian, New Zealand focused? Correct. Okay, so tell me a bit about the M Institute. Who's it for? Who does it help? What's it designed to do? Well, it, it's, it's really meant to be a uh, research group and a provider of uh, trusted advisors uh, to point people in the right direction. So, for example, you could have someone who's um, thinking of retiring in the next few years. It's, uh, it's a succession issue. So we, we form ties then with people who can handle that uh, without them, you know, in, in a pretty frank way, uh, yep. Without it being a paid engagement that you've got to win lotto before you can you can afford to pay so, for it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's okay. that's the sort of example that that we give. So it's tools and re- research that'll help people make decisions. Plus engage. Um, you know, I, I had a discussion once with uh, I won't name the body, but they suggested if you got any queries, ring our helpline. Now a medium business owner will not ring no. a helpline and wait in line and find it's coming from somewhere else. Yeah. They want to engage with someone who will tell them the facts. There is no bullshit. These are the facts. This is what you should do. This is a recommendation. If you want to engage further, here's someone who can help you. Uh, if it's just advice, no problem at all. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, that's a different spin on things to what you typically hear. Um, that fits in well with the whole mid-market space. Obviously, it's targeted at those people. That's why it's called the M Institute. Um, where have you seen that being particularly relevant or helpful for mid-market business owners? What are the things that, that they're approaching you for or coming to the Institute for? Well, it's, it's a question of the barriers that they face. One, one I touched on before about time. Another one is cash flow. How do I improve cash flow? Um, another one is the digital noise that's out there at the moment. Um, what, what do I actually do? Um, so they tend to be very practical issues as well as more specific things like banking, insurance, right. those sorts of things as well. So they're coming when they've got a specific problem. I have a problem with the bank or I have a problem with cash flow and I need more funds, whatever it is. And typically it's, it's preoccupying them at that point in time. So if you say, look, um, we'll come and see you in a week's time, it would have gone off the radar because then they might have an issue with the labour force or, or something else or a shipment that hasn't come in from overseas. So they want a reaction dead quick from a professional who they can trust. Because there's a barrier at the moment from them doing what they should be doing to run their business day to day, presumably. Correct. Yeah, Correct. Okay. All right. So that's an interesting interesting angle. Talk to me a little bit about the guide, which is, I guess, part of the overall you know, attache, the M Institute, mid-market. Talk to us about the guide. What is the guide? How does it work? Well, it, it, because I've been involved in business improvement for many, many years, we had a real educational issue. How, how do we uh, teach our staff and partners, uh, especially the new ones? Uh, how do we teach businesses? And the last thing they want to do is uh, listen to a short, balding man about what to do. So <laughs> what we did was decide to document it uh, as much as we could. And most importantly, put it in a fashion where a business owner could look. He's got an issue with his payroll. What is the issue? It's in the payroll section. Got an issue with sales. Where is it? It's in the sales section. Um, but most importantly, have these things very practical and provide a solution. Right. If, if you say, do this or do that, but how do I do it? So the key thing, and there's got to be a commercial angle. We're not in this for jelly beans. Um, the, the key angle is our software will automate 90% of the business improvement tactics in the guide. So if the business okay. owner wants to now do something like an online web store or whatever it happens to be, 
Um, we can provide the software to actually do it and it's paid by a monthly fee and if they don't like it, they can cancel it. Okay, so that's, that's a really practical piece of implementation. I read something the other day as well about, I do a lot of reading by the way, but I read something the other day that talks about you know most small businesses and medium businesses have their strategy right, they just don't implement it very well at all. In fact, they implement it really badly. But this is an example of a guy that's saying, okay, here's what you need to do, and by the way, here's how you implement it, through attaché in some cases. Correct, and some people have criticised us for maybe naming some of our competitors, but it's, it's dead simple, because if someone doesn't need our product, they should be pointed to a product that will do their job. Someone else, yeah, sure. Similarly, when customers outgrow our software, we're delighted. It means that business is growing, and the economy's better off, so everyone's a winner. Okay. Well, firstly, thanks for coming in, Mike. It's the first ever, as you know, um, attaché mid-market matters show. Um, it's been really interesting to learn about the mid-market. I'm sure we'll be talking to you a number of times in the coming weeks just to learn more about the mid-market and some of the things we can possibly address. So thanks for coming in. You've been listening to the attaché mid-market show, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for listening to SME Radio and the Mid-Market Show with Craig West. Powered by Eagle Waves Radio. Don't forget to follow us on iTunes, check us out on Facebook and you can comment on Twitter. Catch you next time.